Hello, to Boo Topic Tuesday, how can I help you? Hello, hello, hello. Hi, okay, welcome. Um, today's episode, I'm going to give a little pre-warner, is going to be a very serious episode where we talk about assault, sexual assault, the Sarah Everard case, just basically what women seem to face every single day, um, subconsciously and consciously. Um, so if something like this is, you know, if you're not in the right headspace or you don't want to hear about it, feel free not to listen to this episode. Um, but I think with everything going on in the press right now, and I just think it's a really important topic to cover in the podcast. Now, I am going to actually get Mama Grimes on the phone um, because I know that she has had some experiences in her life, um, whether that be assault, sexual assault, anything like that. Um, and I feel like it's very relevant to bring her in. Um, and basically, we're just going to discuss everything and yeah it's going to be a bit more of a serious one um i hope that's okay with you guys and i'm just going to give mum a ring and we can get this show on the road this is where she now doesn't answer which is always great hello okay mama grimes say hello to the podcast hello podcast it's been a blooming while since mama grimes has been here um well, you ran away, so hardly surprising. Um, but anyway, we are going to get on with the episode because I feel like there is a lot to be said. There is a lot to say. I actually have majorly done my research and I have two pages of a Word document um, of statistics, of um, basically a lot of information that was definitely hard for me to read and learn because um, it's very like hard hitting. So I did give a little pre-warner, by the way, to anyone listening to this podcast, what the topic's about, what's going to be discussed. Um, just, you know, if it's not right for someone, then maybe not to listen. But yeah, um, I think the reason I actually wanted to have mum on this episode is because I posted on my story about this whole thing that's been highlighted about women not feeling safe to go out after dark at all and I shared obviously my experience of my phone getting snatched um which was literally at like 7 8 p.m basically right outside my flat um and someone replied to me and gave like different scenarios of things that happened to them and it made me think of mum and it made me think of things that have happened in her life that I've obviously heard about and how these were what 20 years ago no. Oh, gosh. Well, no, starting in Poland, where I was born and bred, um, there were some inc inc incidents there. And then um, I'm just trying to think of how long I've how long ago. Dad. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're, talki we're, talking, we're talking 25, 30 years ago. But that's what really made me think about this, is that this has been happening 25, 30 years ago and it's still happening and nothing is really getting done to solve this and that's why I wanted to get mum involved because I just think it's crazy that she experienced all these things and now like it's happening even more and it really should be the other way around we should be learning from what's happened mm. I think you've made a very good point if I can just say is that this was happening when I was a, a teenage girl back in Poland but no one spoke about it mm-hmm no one knew about it. it. It was it was just unspoken about. It was horrific. Which I um, do think was made worse because Poland 
is a very or was a very religious country yes so things like this weren't discussed a bit like abortions and everything like that yes but i still think that i've been so surprised by seeing everyone's experiences on social media and i think what i've realized is that i have become so complacent to all these things that i do every day to make myself feel safer when i shouldn't have to do them yeah like i shouldn't have to walk out the house even in broad daylight and be worried about what's going to happen i shouldn't yeah can i can i just say the comment that you've made because obviously i've got the experience 25 30 years ago and i've got to say that from my point of view i have seen things improve of course there are so many victims really you know till everyone is safe it will never be solved but that's I'm not so sure that it, it is any better than it was yeah. in your can, day. Can I, yeah. Can, can I just tell you, from more from almost like a technical point of view, because okay. in my days... Okay, do, yeah, I get you, I get you, I get yeah, you. Yeah, I could get a little alarm that no one could hear. And nowadays, as I'm sure your research will show, mm-hmm. there is so much more that you can do with the use of mobile phones, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you there, but I think my point is not that it's almost sad that technology has had to go this way to protect us rather than things being done to stop it from happening. And this is what I've noticed with a lot of my research into what's being done. It's all like a byproduct of it. So it's all about like supporting people after rather than stopping it happening before which like obviously frustrates me as someone growing up in this world and someone that like wants to have kids in this world that I'm like well where where is the line like where is this gonna improve okay let me then highlight to you how I've seen things change okay so um I had one particular incident um when I was coming back from work this was, as I said, about 25 years ago. And um, there were four men, sorry, three men in the... the well, it was one big carriage, but there were three men sitting to the left, opposite, and then to the left again. And the men in front of me um, had a newspaper. And under the newspaper, I noticed that there was a lot of fiddling going on. And the bottom line was that he actually got his willy out and started masturbating. Uh, the other men next to me and next to him saw that and looked out of the window. Now, I can go into the details of what happened, but neither here or there. What I was trying to highlight is that in those days, we did not have any cameras on public transport, mm-hmm. but we do now. And that's a major difference. No, you aren't wrong. Um, but then obviously I think of my circumstance when my phone got taken and there was absolutely no CCTV. Um, so I think that is something that needs to be improved. I do think there needs to be more C- yeah. I, I don't understand why there's not CCTV in every single street. Like I just don't get that. Obviously I understand that money must be a big factor. Um, But anyway, I obviously feel like we need to go into detail um, about kind of the reason this whole conversation has been sparked, which is the Sarah Everard case, which like I pick up on things like this, like I, I follow them, but I feel like this one, so many people have just been like, what? Because everyone feels like it could have been them. And 
being someone that literally lives 20 minutes away mm-hmm. from where this happened, like, obviously that's, yeah. like, there's close to home and then there's close to home. And, like, yeah. this area in which I live, like, Clapham, and, you know, all of, I don't live in Clapham, but I don't, Clapham is an area, it's full of a lot of young women yeah. who live alone, who live with their friends. Like, it's a very, like, young and, like, go out. And, you know, it's not the centre of London. It's much more, like, lived in. And I feel like there's so many more, like, the groups birth, of yeah. friends. And, like, that's why I feel like this has really struck a chord because everyone feels like it could have been them. Um, yeah. And just to give a little synopsis of basically what has happened... Um, uh, Wednesday of not this week, um, the past past week, um, Sarah went missing after walking home from her friends at 9pm. Um, different CCTV cameras caught her like going into the shop at one point. And then I think someone's like dash cam or like house security caught her at like 9.30 walking down this street. Um, and then basically she disappeared. Like, she completely disappeared, and there was no sign of her. And from the moment I saw the little notices about posting, about if anyone had seen her, if anyone had any evidence, I said to you, didn't I, there's something weird about this. Like, I don't know, I don't know what, but I just feel really off about this. Um, And as it came about, no one heard anything, no one had seen anything, and then... A week after she'd gone missing, a gentleman who was 43 years old, married police officer, got arrested um, and his house got boarded up and they started looking in forests and things like this. And, you know, a couple days later, he has now been charged with the murder of Sarah. Um, And we don't know what we don't know the exact story we don't know what's happened obviously that will come out in the fullness of time but her body has been found um in a woods nowhere near where she went missing um in like kent or something like that i think it is yeah i think that's where he lives isn't it yeah yeah so this has been the thing that's kind of sparked this outrage um very rightly so and it actually came out of a figure that 97 percent of women aged 18 to 24 in the uk faced sexual harassment now this is something when me and mum have realized that i think it's a difference of time that um Mum doesn't see catcalling or things like that necessarily as sexual harassment. I have to send you, if you Google it... That's sexual assault, you. though. Sexual assault and sexual harassment mm. are very different yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely, harassment. I and agree with. I think that our younger generation is realising more and more that, like, this shouldn't be okay. And obviously 97% of women aged 18 to 24 have faced sexual harassment. That's... Mm a frightening and disturbing amount of people. Um, I also got some other figures, which is approximately 85,000 women aged 16 to 59 experience rape, attempted rape, or sexual assault by penetration in England. What, sorry, said that number? 85,000 people. Oh, my God. Yeah. In what period of time? In a year. Oh, my God. Every year in England and Wales. But only 15% of those who experience this report it to the police. Yeah. 15%. Um, yeah. Which is horrific. Now, obviously, I'm not I'm not saying sexual harassment is in the same as these horrendous rape crimes. Um, mm. 
but 85,000 people, women, that is a, ridi- number. a yeah. ridiculous number. I think what surprised me about all of this is I think whilst we've been in lockdowns and things like that, like I felt pretty darn safe. I don't know about you. I've been like, oh, well, well crime rates are going to be lower because, you know, yes. we're, all, we're and, all locked inside. Yeah. yeah, and they were during the first lockdown they were lower mm-hmm. and then since then they've been on a huge increase more than outside the lockdown but i realized with with sarah's experience with you know my experience of going to the shops and then getting my phone taken or anyone's experience of walking home from somewhere or anything like that that these lockdown rules actually give us all a very isolated life yeah yeah. and the whole rule of going to a supermarket only one person that's fucking dangerous for a woman or anyone to go to the supermarket because sorry say like it's so ridiculous and it angers me so much that i feel like like me and jake even make a joke but it's it's no longer a joke is the sad thing that once it gets dark i can't go out I mean, you could obviously come with you and wait outside the shop. But yes, but we shouldn't live in a world where that has to happen. No, but what I think also could be happening, you just planted the seed in my head, is because there are so many fewer people in the street 100%. because of the lockdown, it's so much easier to commit crime. Because there's That's no why my phone got taken, because no one was there. I was yeah, the only yeah. person. Oh, and this is yeah. the thing, like, walking home from somewhere, you know... Like, I I don't know, I think I've almost been more worried about now when the world opens back up, how I'm going to feel about coming back late at night Mm. or things like Mm. that and getting an Uber and everything like that. But at least there's people around. Right now, if I walked down to the street outside my house, I live in the centre of London, there'd be Mm. hardly anyone. And, like, I don't know, I just, I didn't really think about the fact that this lockdown actually puts a lot of people in a more vulnerable position. Mm. Um, but on the flip side as well sort of trying to spin it positively yes. obviously the girls are not clubbing they're not going out so they're not coming back you know late at night again mm-hmm. yeah um, I don't know if that's there is a difference I don't know if you've got the figures from the previous years I don't I don't think people have figured all those out yet because obviously we're only yeah. now officially a year into all of this mm. um, but Okay, so, obviously the reason I brought mum in is because of her experiences, which kind of sparked this thing inside of me of realising that, in my mind, not enough has changed. Yes, some has changed with, you know, CCTV, and obviously my mum didn't have a phone. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, we have all of that. Um, But I don't know if you want to obviously share some of your um, experiences. Yes, I think starting in Poland, um, it it was horrific because it was almost regarded as a joke. So there was Mm -hmm. two situations that I was faced with. One is I lived in a high-rise block um, and when the lift broke, I would have to obviously go up and down the stairs and I lived on the fifth floor. And on a number of occasions, I found that there were gentlemen there doing things that they should not be. But I did not know what to do. I didn't even tell my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's one. Two is on the way to school in the bushes. Again, happened many times. 
But again, if I came back, uh, if I said something to my parents or if I said something at school, that, that they would just say, oh, well, they were having a, a joke or something Honestly. along those lines. So I grew up being really paranoid and always looking you know, behind my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I honestly did. But I think I'm the same. Like, I've got that after you. Whereas Anya doesn't have that. Anya's not like that. No, no, she's not. You're right. So then when I came to England, I used to park my my car um, and then I used to have to take a walk, then take a bus and then take an underground. And it was in those days what we would call a bit of a dodgy area. And I got followed on a number of occasions. However... The followings on number of occasions happen after the incident that I briefly described to you. So just going back, um, because I was so acutely aware because of what happened to me in the past and because no one around me reacted, my automatic reaction was to just to get up and change the carriage. So that's exactly what I did. I got up and I jumped onto the next carriage and I could not believe it. The guy followed me. Mm. He actually physically jumped onto the next carriage. So the next stop was actually the stop that I needed to get off where my home was. And I lived literally 30 seconds walk from the British Rail Station. Mm -hmm. So again, me thinking, no, this is not right. This is no coincidence. This is really happening. Mm -hmm. What I did is I... Sorry, before, no, apologies, take this back. No, before we came to my station, there was another station. So what I did is I jumped off and then jumped on again, thinking that he will jump off because he I could see him. He wasn't right behind me. He was at the next exit carriage. Does that make sense? So you were basically by one door and he was by another, but yeah, you knew exactly. that he'd followed you into that exactly. second carriage. Yeah. So I, I, so I jumped off and then I came back onto it again and he did it again so the next station I had no choice was my station so I got off and I could see from the corner of my eye again that he was following and in those days and still now we have no guards at stations that are not main stations Mm -hmm. There is no, you know, you just literally go through, don't you? And that's exactly what happened. And within seconds, you know, everyone disappeared. And I just didn't know what to do. And I saw a call box. Call box, this is the reminder of the days that mm-hmm. obviously we didn't have mobile phones. And I picked up the phone and I called Papa Grimes, um, at the time, obviously my boyfriend. And I just kept on talking and talking and talking and talking. He was already on his way. And you know, we're fortunate he only lived 10 minutes away. But somehow I managed to obviously put this person off and they disappeared. However, Papa Grimes being Papa Grimes, bit like Jake, decided to get in a car and start looking for the <laughs> Exactly what my boyfriend would do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't but recommend on, it. <sighs> yeah, but on this occasion, what I did, because I so objected to what happened in Poland, is that I reported it to the... First of all, I called the police. The police then passed me on to the British Rail Police. In case you don't know, there are specialist police forces dedicated to different lines of communications. Mm-hmm. And I mean underground, I mean bus, I mean rail, okay? So believe it or not, they were aware of this person. This has happened before. What? Yes, yes, it was reported before. But guess what? I never heard again. So this actually is very relevant to a statistic that I found. Not even a statistic, a statement. So I learned 
from an article that sexual harassment is still not an official offence in the UK. Although rape and sexual assault are, sexual behaviour is deemed offensive, but it is not a criminal offence. The issue is, as I'm sure I don't need to say, these people progress. They it doesn't even matter if they progress. It should be it should be a criminal offence anyway. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you. But those people should be in the bar, nipped in the bud at mm-hmm. that point mm-hmm. to stop them from progressing, to be educated, to be taught how to behave. No, I know you're not wrong. And obviously, like, mum, mum dealt with that situation correctly obviously for her era obviously right now you'd have mobiles etc um but your point about there being others on the carriage and they just looked away like yeah i think we live in such a great era that you could get a group of people that it would happen and none of them would even think twice about helping you about being there and i know my dad's that person i know jake's that person if they ever saw anyone yeah But I also think we do live in an era still where people will turn a blind eye. And it's difficult because I I understand. Because if I saw a girl and something was happening with guys, I'd want to help. But you're still scared for yourself. But I still think something would push me to... To do it. To do it. Okay, so obviously we've now covered mum's, like, sexual harassment incident. Um, But I know there was also another story that I think actually happened when you were with a boyfriend or i can't remember the exact situation but um go for it yeah i I think that's very very relevant because this happened in london and i know obviously that's where you are and i think i remember when i lived in poland and i said that i was going to london everyone's hair will stand at the ends and they'll say but it's so dangerous it's a bit like new york isn't it these big cities unfortunately do attract but i think the thing is it's not necessarily because you're in a big city and like i know that like when i posted about being worried about everything that happened with sarah like a lot of people messaged me and they were like stay safe i know you're in london but it can happen anywhere and happen absolutely anywhere but i think you what it is is because there's more people in london there's more chance of it happening Uh, there is more a hundred percent yeah, absolutely. Uh, but remember, we felt so safe in New York. We did. We? we did. We did. We did. But I think there was more police presence. There were reasons why we felt that way. Uh-huh. Anyway, so going back, this is before I knew Papa Grimes. So we're talking about 30 years ago. So I used to work as a, as a waitress in London. And I used to finish work very, very late. Oh, it was that boyfriend. No, 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 no. There was no boyfriend involved. I had a boyfriend at the time, oh. yes, but there was no boyfriend involved. So anyway, okay. we, I, I went to work, and then after work, which was at this time, it was like 11, 12 o'clock, someone decided to throw a party. And it was, I can exactly tell you what it was. It was Edgware Road, okay? Oh, God, which okay, is, yeah. Yeah, which is which is like off Oxford Street, really busy, really kind of cosmopolitan uh, place. Anyway, so I went with a colleague, um, or, co- or colleagues from work, mm-hmm. and went upstairs. You know, blah 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 blah. I was, I was, I was. This was in the car, so I was driving back, and I really wasn't in the mood. So I just said, "Look, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go now." But one of my colleagues, a male colleague, said, "I'll walk you down," and I was like, "Don't 
be bloody stupid. I'm fine. But he went, I'm walking you down. Anyway, so he walked me down. And before I knew it, I was splattered on my uh, on my car, my first ever car. I don't know why I remember By that. splattered, she means then, like, pushed on it. Just pushed to... on it with an actual knife to my neck. And the same happened to my, my colleague. And, yeah, and um, it was not good. Uh, it was not good for lots of reasons. So, first of all... If you are a Londoner, and if you're an old Londoner like me, you may know the edge of a road used to be a little bit like Paddington, a red district area, okay? So, um, anyway, I'll explain why I've mentioned that. The long of it is, I hardly had any money. The guy that was with me had some money. We gave the money. We did not fight. They were young guys. They were probably 15, 16, 17. I'm assuming you didn't have phones back then. No, absolutely not. Mm. Yeah, absolutely nothing. So This is the difference, though. People didn't have much on them that was worth anything in those days. Whereas if you see someone in headphones, you know that they've probably got an iPhone. Something worth having, Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, so we went back to to the flat. We called the police. The police came. And I could not believe what they're starting to imply. Basically, they thought that I was a prostitute and that I had my panther with me and that I was having things, doing things in a car and we basically got robbed because we were up to no good. Even if you were, even if you were. Even if you was, it's not relevant, yeah. And, And again, I think the police are much better now. However, the line of questioning in those days was so wrong. literally they had to identify me I had to give them the name of my employer and I'm like thinking this is not relevant this is not relevant Mm -hmm. but I kind of feel more confident that it would not happen like that nowadays what is in the police side of things yeah I do think that this is what I'm saying about things are improving yeah so I know what you mean and I think because we are the generation that speaks about these things and there yes. isn't too many taboo topics, obviously it still yes. is taboo, but in yeah. relation to mum's generation and what she grew up in, yeah. it is yeah. more spoken about. So yeah. people are, you know, I feel like in your generation it was very much you were questioned whether it was true or whether you were making yes. it up or, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. But, but what happened is they took the guy's details and they let him go. And they kept me for more questioning. And it was only when they were satisfied that I had a... a de- I mean, I was a hard-working girl. Not a working girl, <laughs> but I was a hard-working girl. I had a job during the day, and that's why I left the party earlier. It was my first recruitment job in Clapham, in Clapham, out of all places. Can God, you believe it? Literally. I know. And then I was earning extra money by waitressing in the evening. So, anyway, the bottom line was that, that unfortunately, again, there were young guys and nothing happened. I never heard from them from back. They did ask me if I would be prepared to do a witness and all of that. And I said, yes, 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 yes. And that was the last that I've heard. Nothing ever happened. I think... There was no follow-up. There was nothing. I think something that's important to talk about is, obviously, I had my situation, which was so nothing in comparison but that's not what this is about this isn't about you know levels degrees of um but i since then have become very hyper aware 
and mm-hmm. a lot more anxious going out because obviously I've now got that in the back of my mind and I think a lot of people have been through similar things or have experienced it in some way and I think it'd be good to hear from you about how you moved past that experience because I know that this the 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 knife and the car situation I know you've said that that really did shake you up for a very long time which is completely understandable and I feel like although we haven't experienced Sarah Everard's situation everyone has felt it in their heart and I feel like this is really going to set people back a a lot um Yeah, I think for me, I think it was very unfortunate because the person that I was living with and going out with uh, went away on a on a rugby tour and never came back. So I did not have that kind of support system. Support. Mm-hmm. So I was living on my own, you know, in in a bed and breakfast, which is just literally like one room in a shared house. But I did not know anyone else, and I'm not gonna. I, I was absolutely, I, I literally want to cry when I even think about oh, it. Don't. It took me, I, I can, it, it was years before I got over it. I kept on looking over my shoulder, but in a way I'm going to do a positive on it, a, a positive spin. I did stop working in the evening in London and I'm kind of thinking, why did I give something up mm-hmm. that, it was forced upon me, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it was the right thing for me to do at the time. Um, but what it did teach me is that I then continued. This was the situation when I mentioned to you where I used to park my car and then I used to have to walk to the bus station and then I would take a tube from Brixton and then from Brixton I go to Oxford Street and on number of occasions, again, I was being followed but I was so aware and and I know it shouldn't happen to any of us Mm -hmm. but it did put me um it it made me paranoid make me anxious but in a good way because I know for sure I avoided future situations where I would just walk straight into a restaurant or straight into the pub or somewhere else Mm -hmm. you know where I felt safe and then you know I'd go up and go back to my car but um yeah, we, we shouldn't have to do things like that mm-hmm. to be, uh, you know, more. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think people will learn by other people's experiences now. Now, I'll give you another story. And it shouldn't have to happen like that at all. It shouldn't have to happen. Now, there was a situation when I was young. Again, I knew Dad already. And I can't remember the lady's name. But this particular mum who was on a walk with a dog and a child was assaulted on Wimbledon Common. It's a very, very known case. And um, I, I worked in Wimbledon at the time. So it touched me in mm-hmm. the same way. So it's the exact same situation. The, the same situations. But, you know, it shouldn't be about geography, you know, because every town, every mm-hmm. little village probably carries similar stories. So I think we've just got to all go on self-defence courses. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're laughing, but, but you know, it, it does help. And I know... I think I went on one. I've got this vague recollection, but I didn't follow it through. Because if you look at karate and black belt, Mm -hmm. they're the tiniest of people and they can defend themselves. But they shouldn't have to do that, should they? This is where I really struggle with it because I'm like, like I have written down a list of all the different things that I've picked up that you can download, that you can do to protect yourself. We shouldn't have to do that. We shouldn't have to. Tell us. But what are they? We, so, but we are the generation of, 
well, if no one's going to do anything to help us, we're going to fucking do it ourselves. And that is what I commend us on. You know, we're not just going to sit back. We're not just going to watch it happen. We're going to do everything that we can to not be put in those situations. So there's a few different apps that you can download. One of them is actually very relevant to mum's point about it can happen anywhere. So um, there's actually one called the Holly Guard app. Um, I don't know if mum will recall the Holly Gizzard case that happened in Gloucestershire. Um, And basically it was this 20-year-old hairdresser. Yeah who was working at her salon in Gloucester and her she broke up with her ex-boyfriend because he was toxic he had done this he'd done that he was not good news and he went and he bought a knife from um, Wilco's and then he went and stabbed her to death in the middle of the high street in broad daylight now I I've been down that street many a time I've seen that street yeah we've raised money money for the charity so her family obviously are now doing everything that they can to stop things like this happening. Now, obviously, that wasn't a random attack. That was a relationship-based attack, but still. So I've downloaded the app, um, which is the Holly Guard app. And this lets... First of all, it's really interesting because it comes up and it lets me know when I've gone out of a Wi-Fi zone. Which I think is really interesting because obviously we have our phones and they're so very right. useful. But especially like where I live, there's quite a lot of patches when I'm like going through buildings where there isn't any Wi-Fi. So then I know to avoid those areas if I right. feel unsafe. Um, and then also if you, I'm pretty sure if you go on the app and you held down a button for like three seconds, it alerts the emergency services and it sends them your location and it does everything. Wow. Then also, obviously, everyone's been talking about how there's actually the setting on an iPhone that you can turn on if you go into settings and you go into safety. Um, So that if you hold down on your volume and your lock button, you can again contact emergency services. And then another one that I've downloaded is... Hold on, hold on, Mish, hold on. I actually had a text today. Yes, that's from me. That's from me. Yes, uh, it was notifying me that I'm now your emergency contact and that if there are any issues... Yeah. So that is an app called Scream. So I downloaded an app called Scream, Scream, which is because obviously those things that we're talking about are ones that, you know, you can get your phone, you can grab your phone, you you have like, which we all know isn't necessarily always going to be the case. So I downloaded an app called Scream and basically it picks up on when you scream. Now, obviously, we're not talking, ah, we're talking full pelt scream. And this scream then alerts your three emergency contacts. It texts them your location. It tells them everything. Amazing. Um, and you don't I have to do anything. You didn't. Yeah, I, I literally know. set it up today, and I've put Jake as one of my contacts. I've put Anya, and I've put my mum. And yeah, I am three hours from you, Mish, but hopefully we'll never have to use it. Petta touch word um so i just think that's a very very clever app in the respect that you don't have to do anything you just scream now jake did rightly point out that i'm quite a loud person and i scream quite a bit so i said that you can put it on pause when you're in the home so i will i will use it when i'm in situations where i feel like i'm by myself or you know i'm out of the house and things like that i remember obviously to put it back on yes other things is something that I never thought of. Now, I am someone that runs quite a bit. Where yes. I live, 
um, there's a lot of construction work. So that obviously makes it a lot emptier. Now, I don't go for runs at night. I go for runs in the morning, everything like that. But I have gone for runs later on with Jake. And once I get to like the um, the banks, like I is busy, I feel totally fine. Um, but obviously, people have their different tips on going for a run, and one of them was not run the same route. And I mm. never thought about that, but mm. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, so don't run the same route and try not to do it at like the exact same time. Again, I have to reiterate, I hate the fact that I'm having to say all these things. But if I can share things and that will help someone and avoid this situation, then obviously I'm going to. Um, Another thing that people say is to only wear one headphone, which, again, it drives me crazy that we live in this world that have to do this. But it's things to keep in mind. Yeah, Um, you're more aware. And, yeah, obviously there is safety in numbers. So if you can go out with somebody else, obviously it doesn't always work like that. Um, but yeah, basically now something that I do feel like I personally want to talk about is, um, what has been going on in Clapham and the fact there was a, um, what's not the word, what's the word for like something that you sign a petition. Yep. That's the word. So there was a petition for Clapham uh, because yep. Clapham Common is known to be somewhere with very bad yep. lighting. Yep. So I think there was like thirty thousand signatures. So they've yep. already they've already put up temporary lighting. When okay. I went for a walk the other day to the supermarket, I was near the building area and there was security there, which there'd never been before. Oh. I've never seen a security guard there, but there was a security guard there. Um. And I feel like people are really actually listening this time. Um, and it's just so sad that, that something had to happen. Mm-hmm. Someone's life to do that. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Because I, because I bet you the council was told millions of times. Mm-hmm. I remember that park. I mean, I used to drive through it, and you're absolutely right. It's huge and it's dark. Mm-hmm. Literally. Um, but. Obviously, this past weekend, um, there was quite a lot of protests and um, there was a vigil um, in Clapham Common. Now, I I felt really bad about not going. Like, I felt like I'd let someone down by not going, um, which I know it's not that deep. But also, I, I know you would kill me if I decided to go where there's hundreds of people and I get that people wanted to protest and I get that it is their right to do that and they wanted to make a point and I get that. But I just feel like I wanted to say that I also get why the police have to break it up and why they've had to cancel things and they've tried. Like, I get it. Like, I don't know. I get both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah. I feel guilty for not going, but I'm also very aware that we're in a global pandemic and I don't want to put anyone at risk of spreading the virus. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know I don't know what people will think about my opinion on that. But um, I get completely to stand up for what you believe in and it is your human right to be able to do that. Yeah, but Mish, hold on, don't beat yourself up. What you're doing right now is absolutely amazing. Mm. You know, you called me and you said, you know, should we talk about that? You know, 
yeah, you're raising awareness. You're, you're saving lives. I think the yeah. thing is, I really struggle to talk about things like this because I'm a very positive and happy person and I like to spread happiness. And yeah. I, I feel guilty talking about sad things and negative things but i also know that nothing will change unless we talk about it what about it now hopefully you understand now that you're older why i have always been so paranoid mm-hmm. about you going anywhere and saying mm-hmm. uber 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but even then you're not safe because there have been instances I know. of black taxi drivers there's been instances know? with ubers as well it, ubers as well that's partly why they've lost the license but now i don't know if you know they've got cameras in every car oh okay so they actually record the the, the what's happening inside the car the to, be covered, mm-hmm. to be covered so you know it's 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 just sad that things have to happen for things to improve but i know at least something is being done. That's the, that's the important thing. But yeah, you know, if you if you young girls, please listen to your mums. You know, boys the same. You know, it, it it all applies. I know it all applies. I know we're irritating. I I I know that you probably think it will never happen to me. You know, life isn't like that. I know. Life, I have found that out, unfortunately through you know, huge hardship that but also, always happen to someone else. I feel like, especially people in London, like, I understand that people in London, me included, are very freaked out by this entire situation. But there's also millions of women that live in London that have never experienced anything like this. Yes. The amount of people that messaged me when I had my phone snatched saying, I've lived in London for five years and nothing like this has ever happened to me. Like, don't worry, yeah. it is, you yeah. know. And what we don't want to do is put the panic out there. Because no, that's I don't want to spread panic. In, yeah, infringes on our human rights, yeah? And our human right is that when the isolation is over, we can walk those streets freely and hopefully not worry yeah no exactly and this is why like i want to highlight that it's a thing but then i also want to say like don't stop living your life because of it like obviously me and jake joke about me not going out after dark but like it is a joke would i personally go out by myself after dark absolutely not um but i've i've been like that since forever anyway like, even when I used to live in the countryside with the family. Do you remember, used to hear an ambulance. She wouldn't let me leave a window open. The fact I now live in London when I'm the yeah. warrior I am is honestly, like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, but it's probably because, unfortunately, I have carried on this, this you know, fear and I passed it on to you. Mm-hmm. But I, I see it as... as not being paranoid but just being being careful being aware mm-hmm. be aware just always look behind your shoulder and be aware yeah, no, yeah. Exactly. and it's not just in in you know outside the house it's it's in every situation could be at work could be at school mm-hmm. you know could could be at home could be at home no you exactly know, the help is there the help is there um, I am going to link every single petition I can find relevant yeah, to this right. conversation. Um, I'll do that over on the Taboo Topic Tuesday Instagram. So go and check um, that out to sign everything. Because, you know, if that's yeah. if that's what we can do, if we can have a conversation and we can open up that conversation and, you know, sign petitions, then we've yeah. just got to do as much as we can. And it's really, I'm just thinking about the title, you know, Taboo Topic. And... I think whilst we pretending that it isn't, it still is, isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. And that's why 
a lot of incidents don't get reported. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. Just, just think, you know, if it happened to you, it could happen to someone else. So if you report it and you do something about it, then it may stop someone else hurting the same way. Okay. okay. Thank you for joining us, mum. Okay. Anytime. I love you lots, and we'll see you in Thank the next you. episode, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for calling to Be Topic Tuesday. I hope your call is everything that you wished for. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Tuesday, and we'll see you next time.